Bing bong. I am back with another edition of the State of Bitcoin podcast, where I am joined by Hetty Walk. I met Hetty Walk over at Bitcoin Miami, and he is a wealth of knowledge to say the least. He's a co-organizer of the Orange County Bitcoin Network in California. So we go into that, his experience in creating a meetup, um, you know, sort of how, how he's running it, how people are interacting, the kinds of people that he's meeting at meetups, et cetera, et cetera. We also get into his non-KYC guides of Bitcoin, uh, you know, how to buy Bitcoin non-KYC. And you can find that at headywook.com. That's H-E-A-D-Y-W-O-O-K.com. And he's got a lot of great articles there, and he kind of talks about the importance of it of getting non-KYC, uh, you know, how to do that and going back and forth. And then we also get into six current event stories. We get into Central African Republic making Bitcoin legal tender, city of Fort Worth mining Bitcoin, New York on the flip side proposing a bill to ban Bitcoin, uh, the Bitcoin Mining Council uh, confirms improvements on some sustainability, and BIP 119, so the proposed update to the Bitcoin protocol. And lastly, Fidelity, allowing Bitcoin in your 401k accounts. So be sure to tune in to get all that. And as always, this is not financial advice. So if you want to do or purchase any Bitcoin or anything else mentioned in this podcast, uh, it is not financial advice. Both myself and Hedy Walker are not financial advisors. So please, please, please do your own research. And it is not financial advice. Now let's get into the show. Whoosh. All right. We are live with another edition of the State of Bitcoin podcast. I am joined by Hedy Wook. Hedy Wook, how are you doing today? Good, man. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so uh, you are coming from uh, a undisclosed location of a uh, where a Bitcoin meetup is currently downing a couple beers. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's really all not that secret. It, you like uh, you can see I'm a, I'm an organizer at the Orange County Bitcoin meetup, so anybody can find out where that's at. And we're, I'm not shy about sharing that. Um, it's in right now. We're in Costa Mesa here in Orange County. Okay, awesome. Well, yeah, let's uh, let's get into um, you know, let's back it up for a second. So, uh, let's get into your orange pill story. So, how did you find Bitcoin? And uh, you know, when you found Bitcoin, was it kind of uh, you know, the first and only thing that you stuck into, or did you kind of dabble around into uh, you know, the the various shit coins and everything else like that? Okay, yeah, yes. The short answer. <laughs> uh, but my friends uh, came to me, uh, you know, telling me about Bitcoin, how I can make money from it. Uh, so I'm usually a skeptical person. And uh, but I looked into it because I'm open. I'm open to making money. Um, and I, f I slowly started to find out about all, like, all the features, you know, the, the cap, the miners, the decentral decentralization. All that, all that jazz, all the ethos that goes into Bitcoin. And so when I came back to my friends, uh, like a, a week later, I'm like, hey, what about 
what about the minors? What about the, the hard cap, what, the difficulty adjustment, the, the havings, et cetera? And uh, it just went over their heads. So um, then kind of that's when I knew uh, what I was dealing with. And it became less about the money and more about the principles. Gotcha, gotcha. So, um, you know, it was, it was I kind of had an interesting conversation with Craig. Uh, do you sh- I, I'm not sure if that's how I'm saying is D-U-T-C-H or, or what, but he's creating the Bitcoin game. And his thing was, is that everybody in the Bitcoin sphere or that kind of gets into Bitcoin uh, should have their own proof of work inside of the Bitcoin space. So it seems like you're doing that in a couple areas. Um, one of them, uh, according to your, your Twitter bio here, is organizing the uh, Orange County Bitcoin meetup, which you kind of described earlier um, that you're there right now, um, or at least in that location. Um, so how is the uh, experience of just organizing a Bitcoin network or Bitcoin meetup uh, going so far? And how long have you been doing it? Yeah, it's a great thing to do. Um... I've been doing it for maybe since 2019, I think now. Um, I, I was mo- mostly a lurker in the, in the Orange County Bitcoin Network group. Um, and, then, and then I finally just went to a meetup and um, it was great. And <laughs> one of the founders, Stephen Cole, he, he, he described it as Hediwick just came, the, you know, came one day and then he just never stopped coming. So... <laughs> And then, so from there, it kind of just uh, natural leadership, uh, you know, opportunities came up and I, I took it and started to help out uh, Brian Harrington. He was on your show uh, recently. Um, started helping him with his Anaheim meetups. Um, and then from there, it just kind of kept growing and uh, we, we just kept organizing more meetups in different places and now we have Brian over in Murrieta. We have, uh, you know, the Costa Mesa one here. We had one in Newport Beach. We went down to Laguna Hills. Um, so it's it's great because we get to meet all sorts of people here. And uh, I get to do pretty much, um, you know, we could either just hang out and drink beer or <laughs> talk Bitcoin. Or, we, or, you know, I can put on, like, presentations, like how to run a node, flashing uh, SD cards, uh, all that kind of stuff. And I think that's what we're going to try and go for this summer is trying to do like a lot of Bitcoin 101 because a lot of people who come to the, these meetups are, are new. Yeah, so um, I guess uh, yeah, it seems like you're you're organizing a lot of the meetups just o- or at least helping organize a lot of the meetups in the state of California. Um, so, uh, you know, we met in Bitcoin Miami um, so have you noticed, I guess, a little different of a, of a vibe from the uh, Bitcoiners in California from where you've met uh, everybody else, everywhere else? Or, um, you know, is everybody still kind of, uh, I guess, along the same lines? Like, is the education a little bit different or, or, what, or is it um, a little bit more well received because, you know, they had Silicon Valley and everything in Northern California. So I uh, might just be ignorance over here as a, as a Texan and now uh, in Florida, but um, was the, uh, I guess the tech industry there kind of uh, helping a lot of people in California understand the ins and outs of Bitcoin a little bit quicker. Yeah. I, that's an interesting um, 
like a relationship you kind of thought of there i i i don't know but what i can tell you though is um uh there's different factions so um i've done survey results i've taken survey samples on our participants here in the bitcoin meetups and uh, asking them things like how many meetups have you been to what do you want to hear about etc etc and like i said earlier most of them are new so um like some people just want to socialize and talk about bitcoin right and so some people want bitcoin education so like that's why we have the meetup here on thursday is a casual meetup we come over we drink beer talk bitcoin we don't do presentations here uh but for example like in la they have bitdevs la and it it's in the name bitdevs you know developers so those are more technical people those kind of, those are the people that meet up and they have like socratic seminars and they discuss bits and uh those are the technical people so i i i don't know if that has anything to do necessarily with silicon valley um but people want different things and uh at the, you can find them at the claim meetups yeah so uh i i guess how have you been able to uh, uh balance that um you know it seems like you're doing a good job just kind of like surveying and trying to figure out what you know your community wants um are you kind of uh you know, organizing it where some days it's just, uh, you know, come by, drink a beer and uh, talk Bitcoin. And then um, certain weeks is, you know, more seminars or is it, uh, you know, just just one or the other. And you kind of have like certain meetups in cities like neighboring cities that are more presentations. So, if, you know, people want to drive a little bit to get a presentation. They can do that. It's everything. There's the the good thing about meetups is that there's you can ha make them as structured as you'd want or as unstructured as you want. And um, we've tried a mixture of both. So what we found that works best is uh, if it's going to be educational focused, then people already need to kind of be invested in that because some people are turned off. Because we've done meetups where you know it's uh, there's a presentation and it's a casual meetup. So, for example, we'll have one table off to the side where we're doing a presentation, and then the rest of the tables are like open to just, you know, talk. Um, and but what we found is that people felt obligated to listen to the presentations when they just wanted to socialize. So we kind of stopped doing that right now, and that's why we kind of want to uh, start it up again in the summer, but make these uh, educational focus meetups more specific. And um, uh, to get some investment in it, like not to like try and make money or anything, but to just like $5 at the door or something, you know? And it's like that, that'll like, that'll show like, you know, you're going to be there for the education. And uh, it, this is not just like a casual meetup, you know? So it's like five, you know, $5, 5K sats, whatever. Like it, that might not even pan out. Like we don't even know yet. Um, but that's kind of one strategy that we're thinking is make them specifically focused and, um, uh maybe at different locations maybe the same location or maybe alternating we don't really we really don't know it's in the works yeah i think uh you know i've been to a, a couple meetups in different cities and it seems like you know like, like you said there's there's just a mix um you know it, it really depends on the city and i guess uh what people really want out of it um so uh i guess have you noticed uh you said you've been running it for a couple years now um 
have you kind of noticed a a trend because i'm kind of noticing this on on twitter um that you know a lot of news is coming out right now a lot of positive news about bitcoin and the bitcoin space um and we'll get into some of that later on but um a lot of positive news is going on, but the price is relatively stable. Uh, you know, it's kind of floating around 40K. Do you kind of notice that, you know, when Bitcoin is taking off, that more and more people show up to the meetups? And uh, or is, you know, now kind of a different time where a lot of people are, are sticking around and, and coming consistently? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. So. Yeah, <laughs> like when Bitcoin's uh, when Bitcoin's pumping, uh, we get a lot more people, you know, coming to our meetups, uh, especially like new people. Um, now, on average, like uh, six, like not including the regulars. Like if we exclude regulars, maybe like five pe- new people show up um, nowadays. Uh, mostly, it's because uh, I haven't ran the like the survey in a while, but most people are new, right? Like half our participants are new, and a small percentage are the ones who have been coming like over and over and over again. So these the ones that come over and over are obviously the locals and and uh, the you know they they like meeting up and everything. Um, so it's um it's it's those new people kind of. Uh, we have to kind of address, you know, help them out. So what are you doing to uh, kind of, I guess, encourage those new people to become regulars? Are uh, you just seeing them kind of like, I guess, float in and out? And uh, maybe you have some travelers or some Bitcoiners that are, that are coming in and those are, you know, the quote unquote new people. Or is it, you know, new local people that are coming in and just aren't exactly consistent when they come to the meetups? Yeah, it's uh, people from all over the place come, um, but that's kind of like, how do we get them coming back, right? Like, that's what you're asking, like, and that's kind of why we've been talking about doing these educational meetups, because last week, we had a great turnout. It's like nobody RSVP'd really on on meetup.com. So I only like, I always expect like half the people who RSVP. So we had like maybe seven RSVPs. So I expected three new people to show up, you know, and (laughs) I was one of the ones who RSVPed. So um anyway we had a great turnout um and given like recent events from last week where compass mining uh, had to give up all their uh hardware in russia and sell it off like a you know a, whatever they did probably uh pennies on the dollar and people who you know had those who were paying for that service were just they were shit out of luck right um so i kind of wanted to tell the group like we usually like have like a little uh we let people hang out and then we'll make a couple of announcements. And one of the things that I was saying is like, you guys got to, you know, run your own nodes. Like if it's not your, you know, for example, you got to mine your own Bitcoin. Like if it's not your miner, it's not your hash rate. You know, if you don't own the hardware, it's not yours. If it's not your keys, it's not your coins, you know? And it's like, and to me, that's really easy to say, but then one of our other organizers, like how many people here know how to run a node? And (laughs) Only like the the you know our lo- our, our regulars raise their hands and the new people had no idea. So it's like it's really hard, especially like when people are coming in. They're so excited and eager, you know, because most of them are coming in because they're excited to make money, right? 
they're not really here for the Bitcoin principles. Some of them are, but most of them are not. And so then the question is, how do we, how do we get them from, from being interested in just making money and looking at Bitcoin as an investment into changing their perspective into like Bitcoin as a freedom technology? And uh, that we want to address that by doing our Bitcoin 101s uh, this summer. Yeah, I think that's good. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it is interesting. I think, um, you know, I, I think a lot of uh, Bitcoiners, um, or at least uh, new, newer people that get into Bitcoin, you know, just exactly like you say, they kind of get into it for the money. And, you know, anecdotally, that's, that's why I got into it. Uh, you know, early on, I think I got in like, I don't know, 2016, 2017, I was still in grad school. And uh, I was driving for Uber and I needed to find a way to to make some extra cash. And I heard a lot of people made money with Bitcoin. So uh, I just started buying it um, and more so trading at that time. Um, and then uh, then I started to do some research after I bought some. And then, you know, the, then the, the rest is history. So um, I think, you know, everybody kind of has to uh, uh, go through their own education. And I think... Uh, you know, these meetups are definitely a good place to do it. And, uh, you know, because you get a lot of bright minds and once you get into, you, you know, these, these meetups and that you get these people coming back consistently, I feel like, uh, the trust factor there helps a lot. Um, has you noticed that in your experience, like, you know, once you get uh, people coming three, four times, they start to trust you a little bit more and then, you know, they're, they're more open or do you get people that come initially and are, are extremely e eager to learn? All sorts of people. Yeah. All sorts of people, people who are skeptical, people who are eager, people who come in already focused on the privacy aspect. Um, and they just need to like some help launching off. Uh, so it's every, it's, it's, it's a little bit of everything. Okay, awesome. That's cool um, that you got like a good mix of people. Now let's get into, uh, I guess, the privacy aspect of it. So you have a guide on how to get non-KYC um, Bitcoin. So you have like a guide at, at uh, .com. Um If anybody wants to check it out, it's also in your Twitter bio as well. Um, so uh, I guess explain your uh, uh, your thought process. Like, how long have you did it take to make all this? And uh, yeah, have you had like a positive response from this guide and um, like a lot of people letting you know that that it's helped them a lot? Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll just uh, I'll, I'll, I'm only going to talk about one article. There's a, I have a few articles. I mean, we can talk about more if you want, but I think there's one that I want to focus on because it's the most important. Um, uh, like, first, I want to do some house cleaning, right? Uh, most people who want non-KYC Bitcoin don't know how to get it, and um, that's the problem, right? It's easy to sign up for Coinbase or whatever, um, but if you want private a privately acquired non-KYC Bitcoin, then how are you going to do that? You know, so this is the housekeeping, right? So go to your Bitcoin meetups, find one. There's meetup, there's a, there's bitcoinonly.com or bitcoin-only, I believe. 
that lists a bunch of Bitcoin meetups all over the the world. Uh, it's not always kept up to date, um, so it might not result in a in what you're looking for. But then I've also started to join a bunch of meetup groups on meetup.com. So if you're on meetup.com and if you're, you you are privacy focused, then obviously sign up with like a, a fake email and like a, a pseudonym, uh, no personally identifying information, uh, which is easy to do. I also have an, a guide on throwaway emails, um, also on the website. But you know, you you get on meetup.com. I I'm following over sixty meetups right now, and I'm working on collecting more. So if if there's another you know place for you to check, if you want non KYC Bitcoin, like go to our uh, we're meetup.com forward slash oc dash btc and you'll find me there as an organizer and you can look at my group my the groups that i'm in and try and search there too um right so if you if you go to your bitcoin meetups and try and find someone there who's selling bitcoin or ask a friend if you have friends on twitter or whatever say hey i want to get started on kic bitcoin can you shoot me over some sats to get me started or something you know um but the or you can try mining it you know, there's uh, Econo Alchemist and Diverter uh, came out with guides, mining for the streets, Diverter wrote, and uh, mining for non-KYC Bitcoin, Econo Alchemist wrote, and uh, they're they're great, very detailed. So if you have the capital and you want to start acquiring non-KYC Bitcoin, that's a route to take. Uh, you, you know, you just pay your electricity bill as you acquire Bitcoin. Um, and there. Econo Alchemist also has like a DIY black box, which is like a, it, it reduces the, the sounds and uh, it, it protects against the elements so you can keep the miner outside. It, there's all sorts of tricks anyone can do, right? So it's like, go to your Bitcoin meetups, try and buy it from someone, ask a friend, mine Bitcoin. But not everybody has that, right? What if you, there's no meetup near you? What if no, you don't know anybody who's going to sell you Bitcoin? You don't. You can't buy a miner. You can't set it up. You don't have the infrastructure, right? So, what is one to do? This is where my guide comes in, um, and it, this is why this guide, particularly the the buying non KYC from a Bitcoin ATM, right? It, it's anyone can do it independently. If with the with the information in the article, anybody should be able to buy non KYC Bitcoin. Um, so. I, without going into like, do you want me to go into more detail? Yeah, sure. If you yeah, if you'd like to, um, go for it. Right. So there's two main methods. Uh, you could either, if you if you get a friend to send you some Bitcoin, then you could start using that little bit. You, all you need is like five bucks of you know Bitcoin or whatever. And if you get at least five bucks, then you could start. Then you can create an account on TextVerified.com. Uh, using a fake email and everything. And then um, you buy credits, and these credits are redeemable for phone numbers uh, across all sorts of services, Twitter, Bitcoin ATMs, Telegram, whatever it is. Um, and you could use these phone numbers to bypass SMS verification, which um, some ATMs require to buy Bitcoin. Um, so if you don't have that initial bit amount of Bitcoin, then then how are you gonna how are you gonna get the credits, right? So then this is where you either have to go get a, a prepaid debit card with cash from the from the store, like Ralph's for example, or 7-Eleven, whatever it may be. Um, just make sure that it, all this is written in the guide in detail, by the way. 
So just make sure that the card is spendable online, et cetera, that you could use it you know, for digital purchases. Uh, but you, usually you have to register the card. So register the card with fake information. I usually like to use the address of the place I bought it at. Uh, but that's, that's trivial. It, it's laid out there. Essentially, register it, and then you could use it online. Um, then you could use that to buy the credits on Text Verified. That's method one. Method two, you can go to your local mobile store, buy a prepaid uh, SIM card with cash. Usually they have like a small fee, like a $10 fee to for the first time purchase of the SIM. And then some, some of them like T-Mobile, for example, prepaid in cash for one month of service is $15. So you can walk out with a burner phone number SIM from from T-Mobile for 25 bucks. Um, and you can put that SIM into a phone that you either, you know, got from Craigslist or an old phone. Um, they even have like packages at, you know, at your at Walmart or Target or whatever that come with the phone and SIM and it's like 40 bucks, pay with it in cash. And there's your throwaway uh, phone number that then you could just straight up use at the ATM. So like some of the people that I've talked to, they, they get a dedicated SIM and phone specifically only to bypass SMS verification at the, at the, at the ATM. And so then, you know, either you're using text verified or you're using this throwaway SIM and you go on text verified, you buy the credits. And with those credits, you can uh, check on coin ATM, ATM radar.com and um, find an ATM near you. The ones that we found that are work reliably are uh, coin flip ATM and uh, Rocket Coin, so Rocket Coin ATM, uh, and those work with the method described in my article. Uh, in my article, I, I encourage everybody to to go out and test this method on all sorts of ATMs because the more ATMs we can do this on, the better. Um, but you know, with the ATMs come limits, right? So for a coin flip, for example, the limit is nine hundred dollars before you have to put in a, an ID. Uh, so if you put if you use that fake phone number, you can get bypass the SMS verification, put in the fake name, and then put your money in, and then boom, out comes the Bitcoin. You scan a QR code and it shows up on your wallet. Um, that's essentially that's essentially the process. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> everything that you said is in the uh, guides on your in your Twitter bio at headywook.com. Um, so yeah, uh, if anybody else is like more interested or has any more uh, questions about that, um, I'm sure, you know, if you reach out to Hedy over here, he'll uh, be happy to point you to the right direction or point you to, uh, you know, the right articles and everything like that. But that's some, uh, that's some serious alpha there. That's, uh, that's some great stuff. Um, so how many people have you known that have, uh, I guess, well, I, I never mind. I'm not, I'm not even going to ask you to, to dox that people, but, uh, I guess I have people kind of uh, raved about the experience. Uh, you know, I've never really heard too many people, um, I guess, using Bitcoin ATMs. Is there a lot, um, I guess, in the, in the California area? Because um, I know where I'm at. I'm maybe seen one in like a smoke shop or something. But other than that, I, I haven't really seen any. Right. Yeah. I Now I just realized that I didn't answer another part of your question from before. But um, yeah, so... Uh, my articles on my website link to archive.org if anyone knows the internet archive there's all sorts of stuff on there um but my articles are banned some of them were banned from medium 
So I just got off Medium and put him on Internet Archive, and because uh, the, the Internet Archive, I, I open sourced my all my writings open source. It's Creative Commons. Anyone can take it and do whatever they want with it as long as they keep it free and open source. Um, so you know, the Internet Archive is not going to take down you know my 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 writings, and if they do, then you know I, I'll just go to self hosting. Uh, but I even like said it on Twitter. You know, Medium took down my my article. I'm posting it on Internet Archive. They won't censor me. They liked it. Uh, Internet Archive liked it, so it, it was a good sign. Um, but on there, on Internet Archive, you can see how many people have looked at my article. And I think last time I checked that on one of them, I forget which one, it was like over 900, which doesn't sound like a lot, right? But I've shared personally my article with individuals, and I don't know how many of those individuals have shared it with other individuals. And um, it's so it, I think that's just an underestimate, really. Uh, you know, and, and it's been on Twitter too, and so people could find it on Twitter. So I that I don't know how many. So there's, I'm sure there's been a lot of people um, who have come across it, and I have got you know DMs saying like, "Wow, this is incredible." Uh, so it is well received. Um, can you remind me what else? What is what, what, what were you asking me? I was asking you about uh, Bitcoin ATMs. Uh, so, yeah. have you, uh, you know, how's the experience like using one of those? Because um, I it's really easy. It. Yeah, yeah, it's easy. It's like riding a bike. Like, like you get the bike and you have to put the tires on, right? That's like reading the article and like just down and getting the fake email and like going on text verified. And you 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 got to put the bike together before you ride it. And if you know how to ride a bike, then uh, you then. Anyone who knows how to ride a bike knows that it's really hard to forget how to ride a bike. So it's like uh, it's like that saying, it's like riding a bike, right? So uh, once you do it for your first time, the next time just gets smoother. And after that, it's like you don't even think about it. So it's it's really frictionless. Like a, a lot of people, it's I, I really don't like how people say it's so hard, you know, to get non-KYC or Bitcoin, but it really isn't. It's you just got to know how to do it and boom. And speaking to another question you asked earlier about you know doxing people i'm not going to dox them but um one one individual um was able to buy fifty thousand dollars worth of bitcoin non-kyc through this method and depending on who you are that might be a lot or not but it's a it is a significant amount of cash that one was able to you know get into bitcoin non-kyc it took him two weeks this is one of my success stories, I guess. It's like he, he would go and pick up his daughter after school and drive to the Bitcoin ATM, do a few transactions, and, you know, did that every day for like two weeks and 50K, boom. He did like three to five transactions back to back. So the thing is with this fake phone number on text verified, you can just do it over and over. So at the ATM, you put in 900, which is the cap. You get that into your wallet. Cool. You restart. You get a new phone number, completely different than the last one. Put in. You can either use the same fake name or a new one, and then boom, do it again. That's nine hundred times two. You can do it nine hundred times five. Whatever. Um, we've done up to five. So if anyone's willing to test more, <laughs> let me know. Um, but uh, we've done up to five transactions of nine hundred dollars in one sitting. Um, so it. I saw on Twitter like someone was just saying like shit talking like how how realistic is it to get six figures in non-kyc bitcoin and i referenced my article that that individual 
50K in two weeks. Well, let's just say he did it another two weeks. That's 100K. That's six figures. So maybe a month or more or less, depending on you know how frequent you do it. So uh, th- this method is is reliable. It's been tested. Um, it's it works. Yeah, that's incredible. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, fifty k I think is no uh, value to you to you know scoff at you know for majority of people. So um, you know that's an awesome success story and uh, awesome work that you've done and and uh, you know sharing everything like that. And I, we already have a couple people in the chat too that said uh, you know it's the first time hearing of of your work, but they're looking forward to to looking into it more. So uh, hopefully that that nine hundred number will will go up and more people will. Uh, be able to find uh, some or be able to purchase some non-KYC Bitcoin. But uh, let's get into some of the... Hold on, one one comment, one comment. So then earlier you said like for you, you didn't know where there was an ATM, right? Yeah. So I'm just going to reiterate on coinatmradar.com. You could use that to find um, ATMs near you. Uh, Yeah. All right. Coin radar... Uh, coin, coin ATM radar.com. I put it in the chat too for those here. Um, so, uh, yeah, now let's get into the current events. And uh, I'll also put uh, Hetty uh, Wook's uh, website with all his guys and everything like that in the show notes and in the comments on YouTube too. So, for anybody uh, you know listening, please go there and you can find all his uh, articles and guides and everything like that. But um, let's get into some current events. So um, I think the biggest current event that that happened recently is the Central African Republic makes Bitcoin legal legal tender. So they become the second country to make Bitcoin legal tender, of course, after El Salvador. Um, I'll use the CAR as short. Uh, but the CAR was under the, the French control for some time. It's currently one of the poorest countries in the world um, with some very unstable currency. Uh, it's a slightly smaller population than El Salvador. Uh, so it's got about 4.7 million compared to about 6.5 million in El Salvador. Um, so obviously, you know, moving to the Bitcoin standard uh, off of a, you know, unstable currency that's you know not backed by gold or or anything like that obviously very positive for uh you know a small country like this um so uh another note too i have about the cr is that they have a significant amount of um, natural resources and natural energy specifically uranium um so i think uh you know overall this is positive for Bitcoin as a whole, obviously, because another country is uh, creating and or making it legal tender. Um, but, you know, at the same time, too, that they have some interesting energy sources. So, um, you know, we have El Salvador kind of uh, uh, using a volcano or, or uh, planning on using their volcanoes to mine Bitcoin. Um, so I'll be curious to see if, uh, you know, what the CAR does to... Um, you know, mine Bitcoin as, as a country as well um, to see if maybe they use your uranium or, or some other um, energy source um, uh, or, and, you know, something more I haven't even thought of uh, and get creative to, to mine Bitcoin. But what are your thoughts of uh, the second country um, in the world uh, making Bitcoin legal tender? 
So, um, <laughs> I'm probably not like most people that you talk to on your show. Um, and I think that's okay. Cause it'll give you, give you some variety. Like uh, I'm, I, I feel ambivalent, I guess about that. Uh, and El Salvador, uh, mainly because, you know, like, let me just ask you some rhetorical questions that, and you can answer them. Like, what is Bitcoin? Well, I mean, you know, digital gold or digital currency. I don't know. Like what, how, how long you got? <laughs> yeah. I it's mean, a, it's a, yeah. It's a, I know it's like, it's okay. Let's just like, don't resist it. Let's just play along. Right. Yeah. Um, like, uh, like it's a peer to peer electronic cash with no trusted third parties. Right. So yep. introducing it like as like uh, through a nation state level does not sound like a peer to peer uh, electronic cash with no trusted third parties. Right. So it's like. And then that news just came out recently. Uh, but if you look at the El Salvador as the proxy, uh, depending on where you read your information, you, you can get a little bit of both sides. There's people on the ground in El Salvador who are protesting against Bitcoin. Um, there's people in El Salvador who who are for Bitcoin. Um, people in El Salvador, I think, are mostly using Chivo Wallet, right? There's also been reports of uh, of individuals having their accounts and identities stolen. Uh, so when they go in to try and redeem their thirty dollars for Bitcoin, some individuals have found that their accounts already been taken. So uh, <laughs> so it's like, and then. Uh, all of it's like on lightning, right? So it's custodial and no one's running their own nodes and there's a lot of privacy issues. And I think like an authoritarian government like El Salvador and like the president has shown to be like, he's even said he's the world's most famous dictator or something like that. Uh, they would, like, if I was them, I would want, like everybody on my custodial Bitcoin lightning wallet, you know, it, it just, it just would provide so much um, information and I don't know, it's just so much power. And so it's like, that's why I'm, 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 I'm ambivalent about it. Like, it's cool that I do think it's cool. You know, that's great. Like it's gonna, you know, it's cool that uh, the car did that. Um, I just, I have my personal feelings about it. and. and and uh, so a few of the articles that we'll talk about uh, kind of like will deviate into like this kind of conversation um, uh, because I think more people need to be aware of it. Like right now, a lot of people are just going into Bitcoin, KYC through these custodial service third parties. And I believe only a small amount of people will come out in the end, like actually focus on what on a peer to peer, you know, uh, electronic cash with no trusted third parties. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, you don't have to agree with me on, on everything on this, and I, and I do appreciate you know that uh, you know that viewpoint for sure. And I think um, you know I never really thought of it that way, to be honest. And uh, I do agree. I feel like a lot of the news that comes out of Bitcoin and Bitcoin space, everybody just jumps to um, you know thinking immediately it's positive, um, and uh, they don't really think of you know maybe necessarily the 
consequences or kind of like moving away from, uh, you know, the Bitcoin ethos, kind of like you're describing here. Um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, uh, El Salvador, you're exactly right. A lot of people don't really understand um, Bitcoin as a whole. And I think like the Chivo wallet, um, there's been articles where, you know, they're, they're still developing it. And, um, you know, in my opinion, it's like a, a, a small country like El Salvador or like car needs to needs to go through some of these like growing pains, because, you know, if a big country, um, you know, like the United States or something along those lines tried to do it, um, you know, and, and it failed or, or it had a few bumps in the road, it would be uh, more detrimental to, I guess, Bitcoin becoming, you know, the global reserve currency uh, opposed to like a small country like El Salvador or, um, you know, the car. Um, and so, uh, yeah, but, but I do agree with you. I don't, I don't think that, uh, you know, a lot of these countries, they, they have like the education or the understanding of Bitcoin and, you know, it's no, no fault to them or anything like that, but I don't think that, you know, none of them, like you said, I, I, I agree with you there. None of them are running their own node and they're probably all on, you know, some custodial website where it's, it's all KYC. And uh, yeah, I mean, for somebody that's, uh, you know, stressing non KYC, I can definitely see your point here uh, as to why, um, you know, it's maybe not as positive as people are making it out to be. Yeah. And we don't have to talk about it now. We can probably do another one, but I don't think Bitcoin will become the global standard. Well, I okay. We can't just we can't just hint on that. We have to uh, we have to get into it. Um, so why do you uh, why do you believe that? Well, if it does, I think. Uh, well, let's just say like I like to focus on facts, right? Uh, I like to look at evidence and facts and uh, and work from there. Um, but uh, we a lot of the times we can't help but go into theory, and so right now we're going to into theory and. Um, I, I this so my thoughts on that is that the only way that it would be a you know global standard currency the Bitcoin standard is if it was allowed to be right so I could like I could leave it there or I could say more what do you think yeah I mean go ahead if you want to go into it more so what do you mean by allowed to be like a some sort of are all the governments kind of have to join together and, and agree. And you don't really see that 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 that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, it, like, if it does happen, right? So, if it does, that's the only way it will, in in my thinking. And uh, then there would be massive KYC, massive surveillance, massive uh, custodial third party service usage, and Bitcoin would not be as we know it. I don't think. I don't, then. I mean, I don't know, man. What would it be then? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think a lot of uh, Bitcoiners, when they think of, you know, uh, Bitcoin being like the global reserve currency, they they kind of don't, uh, you know, they, they think about the process and like how it would be great for it to be because it's got the cap and, uh, you know, the 21 million and everything like that. And, you know, obviously decentralized nature and yada, 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 but they don't really think about the process of how to get there. Um, and I think, uh, you know, it seems like we're getting closer because more countries are starting to adopt it or make some sort of, 
uh, I guess, legislation around Bitcoin and to a lesser extent, you know, crypto. But uh, I also, you know, I agree with you. I think that there's going to be a lot of bumps in the road and, and I don't really see like a super clear path for it right now. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't necessarily believe that it's not going to happen. I think, um, you know, I still think we, we still got a ways to go. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's obviously like authoritarian governments and, uh, you know, I, I don't know if, if, uh, just so many people adopted and start using it that, um, you know, all of a sudden, um, you know, governments just kind of bend the knee. I, I don't know if that would ever happen. Um, and I think that that's something that might need to happen in order for it to, uh, for it to occur. Yeah. There's a lot of, like I said, this is theory, right? So it's like, we could start arguing and making arguments and cases and this and that. Um, uh, but let's like, uh, so yeah, it's, I don't think it's going to happen. I, if it, I don't think it's going to happen, man. I don't, but if it does, I mean, cause like implicit in this conversation we haven't said it, but implicit in it is number go up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? We, people want to make money, and this is an investment channel, right? Making, yeah. Like making money. Yeah. So, but there's no like if we look at the facts, Bitcoin has tended to appreciate in value over time. There's no doubt about it, right? It look at the history. It's it's happened, right? Like, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I think I, my focus is more on like using it as, as a freedom technology, uh, rather than like, if I don't know, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's a difficult balance, right? Like, do you want to, like, of course everyone wants to make money, but do we want to like sacrifice making money for in, in exchange for our, all our privacy? Yeah. I mean, well, it, it seems like a lot of people do that right now. Uh, you know, so right, uh, and that's another thing I wanted to mention. Like hyper Bitcoinization is here now, and it's—I don't think it's good. Like if you were at Bitcoin twenty twenty two, you saw all the shit coinery that was happening, yeah. right? Like hyper Bitcoinization is is happening, right? It's it's not when it happens; it is happening, and it's happening through massive KYC third party anti-money laundering services. Yeah, that's very true. I think very few people there are, I think I would probably be willing to bet that probably 90, 98% of uh, people there uh, bought Bitcoin through some KYC uh, third party is exactly like you're saying. So um, yeah, I would, I would think that there's a very small percentage of people there um, as a whole and, and in Bitcoin in general, that would, um, you know, go through the steps of, uh, buying non KYC, um, just cause it's easier, you know, just give like I said, like, just give up your data. Like Google's already got it. Uh, Apple's already got it or, or something like that. So they're just willing to just, you know, m- maybe just give it up a little bit easier opposed to, uh, and you know, like, like I said, some people view it as almost like a bank or, or something like that. So you already give, you know, all your KYC stuff to a chase or, you know, one of these other banks. And so they view it exactly the same. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, and, you know, like you said, it was uh, a lot of shit coinery going around at Bitcoin 2022. And so in order to, 
purchase those, at least from my uh, perspective, I don't think that there's any other really way to do that outside of, you know, going through a third party exchange. I mean, I'm sure there is, um, but uh, that's not something that I would imagine very many uh, shit coiners are going through that, that process either. Yeah. And it's tough. Uh, it's tough. Like, uh, this conversation relates to maybe one or two of the other articles that you have on there. I don't know if at this point we're going to get through all of them, but do you want to list them off the rest of them real quick? And maybe I could tie in some of these thoughts into one of them. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, so we were going to go through a, a few other stories, but, uh, you know, I feel like this conversation is, it's a, a lot of good information as well. So, um, you know, the, the, a couple of the, the stories that I have are, uh, you know, the city of Fort Worth is mining Bitcoin. Uh, so I think that they have a, a total of three Bitcoin miners in like, uh, their town hall. Um, and then on the same token, the state of New York has, uh, not passed a bill, but proposed a bill to ban all proof of work, quote unquote, crypto mining. Um, and so if this bill was passed, it would put a moratorium on proof of work mining for the next two years. Um, and then, um, yeah, do you want to get into any of those two or do you want me to keep listing off the rest? I could start there. Um, yeah. So with, you know, with Texas mining Bitcoin, I, that, that was really cool actually to read. Um, Right, so that I I can't I, yeah that was that was really cool to read. It's happening like at us like, uh, and I think like a few like who donated it. Somebody donated the miners, and like they have this pilot program going just to test it out. And like, yeah. I think their yeah. whole goal is to see like the the impact that it's that miners might have like in you know in their city. But then like we got to remember like these are governments, right? And so they have to play by the rules, right? And if Bitcoin is like, like people say that Bitcoin will take down the fiat system, right? Yeah. Or exactly. is that false? Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So how is that going to happen if governments who are regulated by our, you know, or the local governments who are regulated by our federal government have to play by the rules, right? So now they have to say, we have these miners. We, we, we mine this much Bitcoin, this is what it's worth, et cetera. They're probably going to pay their taxes. I don't know. Like, and so it's like, how is, how is that any, like another step towards taking down fiat, right? So it's like, it's cool to see that they're doing that. Like, I really do appreciate that. But if like, it, it's just like taking it back to like my, um, my stance is, is just, I can't help but see that that uh like it's kind of counterintuitive how how it will bitcoin take down fiat if you know governments are using it also like and they have to play by the rules so yeah um i think it's kind of like a similar story like you're seeing a lot of uh states accept bitcoin for tax payments and and other things like that so um you know, I think it, it at, at one token, it kind of, uh, I think it gives like Bitcoin a little bit more publicity or marketing. Um, you know, anecdotally, it is one, like I have, you know, fam my family's all in Texas and uh, my, my younger sister is in uh, Fort Worth. And so she was uh, for the first time um, actually, you know, texting me about Bitcoin um, 
And I usually just give her, you know, little gifts here or there for her birthday, Christmas uh, in Bitcoin. Um, and this was the first time she's actually shown some interest. So I, I think at the very least, it, it's another story that's out there that, you know, people are, um, you know, I guess, uh, uh, getting more aware and it's in the news uh, of Bitcoin. Um, but, you know, I agree with you. Like, I don't want, uh, you know, Bitcoin, I believe, you know, freedom, freedom money. So freedom technology. And, and at the same time, like, why would you want something that's extremely regulated to, um, you know, own Bitcoin? Um, I think it, like I said, it, it's good for the, the publicity of it. You know, they, they only have three miners. It's not like they're, they're doing a big operation, but, um, I think it, you know, just continues to show that, that the state of Texas as a whole is trying to become very Bitcoin friendly, um, and, uh, allow people to come in and, and, uh, you know, uh, I guess mine Bitcoin themselves and, uh, you know, now, now one city is mining it. So I wonder if, uh, you know, other cities will kind of see the success. Um, you know, the three Bitcoin miners, like you said, were donated. And I think that they have either a three or six month trial period um, mm -hmm. that they're doing. And uh, they're going to see how successful it is to see if they're going to determine to buy more, or if they're going to, you know, get rid of these ones or what. So um, I think like it's a cool development. Um and I think like the headlines are, are good for it, but um, yeah, like I agree with you. I don't know if it's necessarily like the best, um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's good for number go up, but it's not good for freedom technology. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then this ties into also uh, like that banning article. They they banned it because in New York, because they, they just don't know. Right. They're also like they're proposing to ban it because they want to investigate what the effects are of it, which ties into that uh, that mining council or whatever they they're called. Because yeah. I found that I found that one really interesting. Because what's it called? Yeah. So I so they have the the Bitcoin mining council, and uh, one of the bigger names on it too is Michael Saylor. Um, so uh, I might agree with you here on this one, where I think that this is this is pretty bad for Bitcoin uh, having the mining council because it seems like they're kind of bending the knee to the ESG narrative, um, kind of like uh, diving into it. But um, yeah, why don't you get into it? Uh, I, yeah, yeah. You know, because you're sharing these uh, articles with your audience, correct? Yeah. So I'll put yeah. all these articles out in, in my newsletter that, that'll go yeah. out. So that one linked to the mining council doesn't necessarily uh, cover much, actually. If you if you look at the Bitcoin mining council's YouTube channel, their most recent post is the one that is that article that you're talking about is referencing. And actually, I was saying I think it's pretty cool. Like I don't like I, like I don't like the fact that there's a mining council because um, I'll tie it back to something else, but the data that they presented on there was interesting uh, because most people, the myths about Bitcoin mining, for example, or, you know, the CO2, the energy consumption, uh, those are the main two and uh, that I want to focus on right now. And so in that YouTube video that I was referencing, I don't know if you caught it, but they proposed data that they've been collecting for the last, since like May, 2021, um, that actually Bitcoin uses less than a percent of the electricity of the total world. And that, Bitcoin mining also produces less than a percent of the CO2 compared to all of the other 
uh, producers of CO2. So yeah. you should, t- I could send that over to you. So like, but to tie it into why, why like, that's cool. Cause I like the data. I'm a, I, I'm a, I like evidence and data. You know, I want to focus on the facts. Um, but the other fact is that in Venezuela, uh, the, 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 the SUNACRIP, which is some Spanish acronym, basically it's, uh, they manage cryptocurrencies. I don't know if you've heard of it or not, but they created a mining registry and all sorts of articles are listed on it, like how to get licensure, how to keep your license, uh, punishments for people who don't follow the rules, et cetera, sanctions, all sorts of things that I, I can't think right now off the top of my head, but Venezuela has a mining registry. So imagine now being a miner and that you have to register for a license to mine, right? And if you don't, you're going to get punished. So it's like, that's like the dark side of it. Like I kind of like, that's the kind of where I see things going. Like if mass centralization of mining is going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I, I somewhat agree with you there. I think like it's good that it's showing and it's kind of debunking the ESG narrative, you know, will people really look at this data, um, and kind of like take it into account? I'm not really sure. Um, I think that that narrative will just kind of be around for, I guess the foreseeable future, just because, uh, you know, people try to find and poke holes into, into Bitcoin and everything like that too. And, you know, we, we're also seeing, you know, the state of New York, you know, like, like we mentioned before, uh, put in that, that proposed bill. So, um, I think like, you know, on the one side, uh, it is good because it, it is showing that, you know, a lot of Bitcoin miners are using more sustainable energy. Um, I thought, you know, I, I did see like just one blip to that, 58.4% of Bitcoin mining energy is quote unquote sustainable electricity. Um, while like uh, the Bitcoin mining council members are 64.6. So, you know, either wh- whichever way you split it, uh, you know, close to 60% of all Bitcoin mining is using sus- quote unquote sustainable electricity. So, um, you know, saying that it uses, uh, you know, is bad for the environment and all that kind of stuff is just kind of showing that, you know, here it's becoming more and more sustainable as well. So kind of debunking that uh, ESG narrative as well. Um, yeah. And then also people are using the heat, for example, from Bitcoin miners to heat their pools, to heat their apartments or homes. And, you know, if they live like in the cold states like Minnesota, Colorado, uh, Econo Alchemist, like hinted at a, he posted a picture on Twitter recently with like a infrared thermometer pointing at an egg on a, like a little nest inside the bottom of his like black box, which ha- houses a miner, like hinting at the fact that the chickens like the heat. <laughs> and then, and then he's like in the comment section, people are like, Oh, how about using the heat to keep the water from freezing over the winter or like keeping the Ken, the, you know, the coop warm or whatever. And it's like, it's just amazing what people are coming up with, you know, these days. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of stuff too. Like people like even just, you know, using Bitcoin miners to heat up their hot tub or, or something like that too. So I think uh, a lot of people are getting more creative on, on how to use that, that heat that's being uh, let off. Um, 
but uh, I know we're, we're running close to, to the end of the time that we got here, but I want to go over the BIP 119 uh, change in protocol. So for those that don't know, or it's the proposed change in protocol, it's, uh, you know, uh, pro it's proposed by Jeremy Rubin. Um, and if you haven't seen, there's a BIP, BIP119.com that uh, was made by our good buddy, uh, Bitcoin Gandalf. Um, and so it's a pose, it's a Bitcoin impro improvement proposal uh, that uh, proposes a change to the Bitcoin protocol, which introduces the use of a new covenants. And covenants is essentially Bitcoin transactions that refer to restrictions on where coins can be transferred. Um, so have you kind of uh, looked into this and uh, uh, what are um, I guess some of your initial thoughts, um, because I know, you know, right now it's just simply a proposal and, and it hasn't, uh, hasn't gone through or anything like that. Just yet. Yeah. Uh, that, okay. So I'm, I've dabbled in computer programming and, you know, I've had my practice in some, you know, coding and stuff, but I'm in no way like an expert in any of like that, especially like C plus plus and whatever uh, Bitcoin uses and, um, so, but I was, I do understand, you know, I have gone into some of the, the technicals of it. So I, it, but a lot of that bit just honestly goes over my head and, um, I did go through it and there's, there, they make claims, the author makes claims in there and, uh, he tries to back it up, but there's really no hard evidence. So it's like. To be convinced, because I guess I, I don't know if conservative is the right word, but I'm, I guess I'm conservative with when it comes to Bitcoin. Um, and you know, given like the the, the precedent set with Taproot before, uh, everybody just was guns ho, like guns a blazing, guns ho, like really excited. Just boom, it happened like nothing, right? So it's like like anytime there's like a bit proposal and it just goes by so fluidly like that. Like, I don't know, like, it's, it just kind of raises my, like, it like raises a, like a red flag, I guess, in my mind. It's like, is this the precedent that we're set, setting? Like, oh, bip, these bips are so cool. Let's just get them in right away. And it's like, is, I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing, but it's just, it's just something that my mind goes to. And especially like, like, a, like in the, in the bip itself on GitHub, he, he makes his own claims too. He's like, he has like a section of like concerns or limitations. Right. And so he brings up a lot of good points himself. So it's like, is this thing ready? And like, if like, I like it's, it's a soft work. So it's like, it shouldn't have too much of an impact, but it's like, my worry is like, are people really educated and like, uh, like knowledgeable enough to be able to, to determine like if these things are actually good or are they just going with the bandwagon and like letting it ride, like with any new bit that comes along. And, and I think that's an important question to ask ourselves because the, the precedent set by Taproot just, it seems so it went like it went so fluidly and it just raises a red flag in my mind. Yeah, I, I actually, I, you know, I agree with you here. Um, I think, uh, you know, Bitcoin has, has been around for a while. And I think, you know, it, it's done a lot under, you know, what, what it's done as, uh, you know, from the beginning. And I think, 
a lot of these changes and a lot of the benefits of Bitcoin is that it kind of, you know, it takes a large consensus to, um, you know, make a change to the protocol. And I think that, you know, exactly like exactly like what, you, what you're saying is that, uh, you know, Taproot was kind of proposed and changed like real quick. And it seemed like everybody was real positive about it on Bitcoin Twitter and there was really no critics. And, you know, when that happens, I'm a little bit more skeptical. Um, and I'm, uh, you know, the one thing that I think I, is kind of encouraging about this is I'm seeing a lot more critics uh, when it comes to this. Um, you know, I've, I've seen a couple Twitter spaces of people like straight up with uh, Jeremy Rubin, like going in and asking him questions and a lot of critiques and, 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 and things like that. So I hope that, uh, you know, it's, it doesn't really go through speedy trial and it, and it gets, um, you know, I guess battle tested a little bit more and uh, kind of goes through the rigors as well. Um, Cause like, I agree with you. I don't think that, uh, you know, going through these these quick even if it's like a soft fork is really great for bitcoin in the end i think like you know the power behind it is that you know it's it's really hard to change the protocol and if it starts you know even if it's like a soft fork but if the precedent is sent uh set that uh, a lot of these you know, quote-unquote speedy trials can can come through um just from a proposal i don't think that that's necessarily you know a good thing yeah, I agreed. All right. Well, do you have time for one last story? Sure. <laughs> All right. So the last one I got, and I kind of have a feeling of what you're going to uh, say about it, but Fidelity is now allowing Bitcoin in your 401k. So currently in the United States, you can hold Bitcoin and you can hold your own keys uh, for certain companies um, in your Roth IRA. Uh, so, um, but, you know, of course you've got to, uh, claim those, uh, claim your, uh, I guess, Bitcoin in your Roth and everything like that. Um, so although you, you hold them, it's not non KYC, so to speak. Um, and now Fidelity is offering the chance to invest in your 401k and they currently have $2.7 trillion in 401k assets. Um, so, um, yeah. So what are your initial thoughts on Bitcoin in 401k and in like other retirement vehicles? Yeah. So I, I know you, you're expecting my response. So I'll give you a response that you might not expect then. Um, <laughs> there's, Bitcoin is a lot of things, right? Ultimately, it's just text. You know, it says if you look at a Bitcoin transaction, it's just a string of numbers. Uh, you know, that say that this coin was spent and this many outputs. And so it's literally just text, right? But people could use it for so many things, investment vehicles, freedom technology, whatever it may be, right? So it's like, I am no KYC 100%, but that might not be you or everybody else, right? I'm not, and I don't care what you do. Like, I just... I, I I stick to my 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 guns, my my ethos, and my my stance, and that's kind of how I want to go. Um, if, so if you want to like you keep one, like they say, one foot in KYC, one foot not in KYC, that's you, not me. Like it, you do your own thinking. What is Bitcoin to you? Like, do you want to be a sovereign individual who is in control of your own money, who custodies it? who can do with it as they please without asking for permission from anybody 
like then do it like that. If you want, <laughs> if you want to hold your Bitcoin on an exchange or through Fidelity, that's you. You know, it's like cool. Like you can do those things because you there. You know, you could use utilize them for different purposes. So it's like you can, you know, loan your Bitcoin out and like this and that or whatever. Get an interest. Whatever. If you want to do that, like like Bitcoin's return by itself is not enough for you. Cool. Put it on an exchange. Like <laughs> this other guy. Uh, Coddle Tarantula text like tweeted about his friend who got a Bitcoin backed loan and now he's owed like eight Bitcoin. He's trying to withdraw it and we haven't heard back like if he's actually got it yet or not. And he's waited so long. It's like, do they have the Bitcoin? Coddle Tarantula is kind of like hitting the gong right now saying, everybody get your exchange, get your Bitcoin off the exchanges. Do they really have this Bitcoin? Is it rehypothecated? Like, is it fractional reserve? Like, Okay, cool. Like, so it's like you you could do whatever you if you want to keep both. Cool, you can. Great for you. I'm not going to do that because um, I want to use Bitcoin for what it is. Yeah, I hear you, and I think uh, you know the way that uh, a lot of these exchanges have uh, acted and stuff. It, it does make it kind of scary. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. Hold your own keys and, and everything like that, but. You know, at the same time, I do have uh, some Bitcoin in my retirement account through through choice. So, um, you know, I, I think uh, for mo- for a lot of people that there's going to be uh, space for for both. Um, but you know, I could I could see your point too, where uh, you know, if you're going to go uh, full like non KYC and and that's your stance, um, you know, I could see why this maybe isn't the most encouraging story, so to speak, too. So. Um, you know, I think Bitcoin, uh, is a little different for everybody too. And I think, uh, you know, the ethos and the, and the, and everything surrounding it kind of has the same message, but I think, uh, you know, some people interpret it, uh, you know, a little bit, uh, maybe not, not, maybe not differently, but, uh, take it to heart a little bit differently. Um, you know, maybe don't go the full extent of non KYC. Maybe that's not, not for everybody, but, you know, I obviously, I see the power and, uh, I think everybody that knows, you know, the, the root behind Bitcoin, uh, can know the power behind, uh, fully having non KYC. So, um, you know, obviously you went into, to the weeds of it, uh, earlier. And so, uh, yeah, if you if you want some non KYC, definitely check out uh, headywook.com and uh, all his guides and everything like that too. So, um, yeah, that's the last story I had for the day. So, you got anything else to add on that? We got through all the stories. Yeah, we did. We nice. Kinda, okay. Cool. Uh, yeah, we kind of sped through the the mine. We kind of lumped the the mining ones a little bit together, but uh, that that's good. That's uh, it. It helps it flow a little bit better. So, yeah, we um, we knocked it out. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'll let you get back to your uh, Bitcoin meetup and and some beers and talking a little BTC. Yep, it's happening. Thank you. All right. Thanks, man. Have a good one.